Hello, everybody. Once again, welcome to I Don't Get It. It's the pop culture. Get off my lawn cast. This show features the open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons staring at the prospect of entertainment relevance, the yawning chasm. I'm your co-host, Bill Scurry. I'm the founder and proprietor of something called American Caesar Enterprises, which this week is a small, judgmental old lady. <laughs> and I am joined by the chuckler on the end of, other end of the microphone. I love the idea that a, a small, judgmental old lady is known as, that's what her parents named her, Enterprises. You know, it's a whole. She's thing. incorporated. Yeah. She incorporated her judgmentalness. She's uh, an, S- an S corp. Yeah, an LLC. An yeah. She's an LLC. I'm an LLC. Or yeah. I have an LLC. Uh, that that's an interesting fact. Yes. Uh, my name is Noah Tarno. I'm the founder, senior quiz master of the Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show, spectacular. I am not a small judgmental old lady, but I sometimes deal with those people in my business, and they're not fun. I got nope. a. We're all, tisky, they're all around us. Little, yeah, I got an email from one of them not too long ago, and they're not fun. I like old ladies, but I like small old ladies, but judgmental ones I can do without. Then again, I always say to people, like, I hate it when people say, don't be judgmental, because I feel like everyone, like, how do you go through life not being judgmental? Like, I feel yeah. like that's, right? You shouldn't say, don't be judgmental. You should say, don't judge people unfairly. Like life yeah. is don't, just don't be mean about it. Yes, don't be mean about it. Don't be judge people fairly with an open mind, but don't be judgmental. Like I just don't. Uh, that, that's nonsense to me. No, no it doesn't. This work. has been Noah Tarno on semantics. Back to your regularly scheduled program. That's this program, the 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 the, the pop culture podcast that we're doing. So yeah, it's funny. this is a little less pop culture than. Yeah, I was gonna like, I was gonna ask you our to, our topic this week. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is in a very dry sense an archway. It is popular culture. We, it is we culture. see it through a pop culture prism. We see yeah. everything through a pop. Culture. Yeah. Anyway, so you guys are gonna know what this is because it's hitting it right exactly. Um, yesterday was Black Friday uh, across the world, and you don't know what Black Friday they've caught it in Europe, even though there's no real reason for you to do. Black Friday and Cyber Saturday or whatever it is, Cyber Monday. Whatever Cyber Monday is the dumbest thing in the world. It's all dumb. And, and all this dumb. gets to our topic. If you re- – like, oh, you don't start shopping online till you're back at work? Like, maybe we do need an anti-work movement. If people have more time to shop for stuff while they're at, at their work, job, yeah. I don't like, know. Like, I don't know. So anyway, Noah, Noah tip the hand here. We're talking about yeah. – uh, I guess we came up with a few different names for it. We're going to call it for the, the shorthand rubric is anti-work. Um, but Noah also suggested that we, we could, we could, it could be the great resignation, capital T, capital T, capital R, uh, strike Tober was another thing. These are all different parts of this, um, fiduciary. Lying flat. Lying flat. Is the term in China. Tang Ping. Oh, right, right. Yes. Translates yeah. to lying flat. That's, That's true. What the Chinese are calling this phenomenon. So this is a trend by many names, which as you can guess, it, it encompasses a vast reconsideration of people's relationship with employment as we know it. Uh, with any luck, I should say. So while this has been present in some form, the idea of uh, reassessing labor, work, I mean, for many, many years, for decades, almost a century, uh, you're talking about the ideas taken hold presently during the pandemic. Uh, life was turned upside down. Jobs vanished overnight. Uh, money changed hands. A lot of things were exposed. A lot of things became weird. Um, it was an abnormal position. and You know, it shines a light on something strange. Uh, so, so you know, and the other thing that's also weird is the rewriting of what is now considered essential because it's not what you think it would be. And everybody knows this by now because we lived through the pandemic. So simply put, 
younger people at the moment, certainly not limited to, but and, and I guess we're going to call them Z, right? No, I mean, that's that's so many of the articles I've read. Yeah, generations. Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are kind of like anchoring us around Z. But you know, I, I've always hated I that. I know. I just remember when they were first talking about Gen X in Newsweek magazine, I was like way younger than Gen X. And then someone once told me I was too old for Gen X. And now I guess I'm in the middle of Gen X. Like these terms just are so other than other than hating baby boomers, which I'm going to definitely bring into today's topic. Yes. yes. Like I, I don't like these terms. I know. You've, you've always I, told I, me. I give up. The only real Generation X is uh, Billy Idol's first punk band in England in the 70s. Yes. That, said, that is yeah. true. Well, named, named after the Douglas Copeland book. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that band was good. Generation X was a good band. Right. I mean, we'll, we'll, I'll take that over Billy Idol solo stuff any day of the week. We'll get back to that later. So anyway. The, the, King Rocker. King Rocker is a great song. Look yeah. that up. So the younger people have been dropping out of the workforce uh, and exploring what it would be like to not earn money or, or you know, just to, to think about different uh, paradigms, you know, at least to, to make work subordinate to life rather than the other way around. It's the best way I think I've, I've maybe read it put. So as we know, st- wages are stagnant to declining at best and profits have exponentially risen. You know, billionaires accrued so much money during the pandemic. They, they, they went out and made more money off of massive wholesale disaster um you know and and all this stuff is on the back of of an endless productivity wave you know american workers did amazing things with productivity in terms of uh how much they could be driven for and how little their 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 work can cost to get that productivity which i mean it's been toxic for a long time but now it's being revealed to many people uh as toxic which is super important so one of the home bases of this rhetoric, and this is where it was thrown to me, Noah, is my, my wife, Janice, who you heard her voice two, two weeks ago on the show when we did our 200th episode. Um, she's been following this Reddit, this subreddit. And you guys all know uh, the big user-organized, uh, uh, user-moderated website, Reddit. Well, there's a, there's a subreddit, a, a, you know, a thread called Anti-Work, which went from... I don't know, hundreds of thousands of users to, to million or something like that. Some incredible leap and bound where this became like a clearinghouse uh, for the for this for this sort of strategy. If that kind of thing matters to you, and I know Noah has dipped his hand and and in, 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 you know, he's looked at anti work. Um, it's out there if you're looking for it. Uh, it's pretty big. It's hard to hard to avoid. Uh, so this is you know has seen an upswelling of uh, sorry not upswelling upwelling. There's no upswelling. such word. Yeah, there's no such word upswelling. as upswelling. That's that you need to see a doctor if you have an yeah, upswelling. Right. Yeah. The, so the user engagement, uh, you know, is is blooming as people share, um, you know, ideas and strategize on how to do all of this stuff collectively, right? It's it's a revelation. It's it's uh, people comparing notes, all these things. It's worth noting that this is coincidental with walkouts and strikes in 2021, as people finally try to put their foot down over capitalist exploitation uh, along many breaking points, right? So some of these even go back to tangential things we discussed on the show one of which is i you know this is a real horror story the the the, the idea of the customer facing brutal job situation of what people deal with whether it's the air traffic and the other people who work in the airlines which we talked about unruly passengers but there's just like any anywhere somebody works at a wendy's for fuck's sake customer facing jobs might not might not ever have been as tough as they are right now uh for any number of reasons but that's part of this so you got punitive and arbitrary workplace practices, uh, you know, and then and then there's the weird X factor in all this is that stimulus money and unemployment kind of are offering uh, a, a, some sort of toehold in terms of there's freedom mm. to operate now. And that's also May- maybe that yeah, stats yeah. don't bear that out. 
Anyone who says people don't want to work because of government benefits is, does not have any kind of economic science Correct. on their side. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so so yeah, that's the, the kind of like, it's a gigantic ball of wax, you know, and I think the, yeah. when you when you noted to me, you know, I think you wanted to kind of expand it and think about even bigger definitions. So, I mean, well, tell I me, just, what, I just didn't want to look at the subreddit itself. Right. Like, no, no, no. The no, subreddit no. could be part of it, but I want to look at the whole phenomenon. Um, yeah, so this is a big one. I mean, this is a change in attitudes or maybe just a mainstreaming of what used to be a niche attitude um, that I really think is needed since um, business in the United States and, you know, clearly other world, other worlds, <laughs> other countries to some extent has really sucked people dry. And the pandemic is laying that bare. Um, it was, it was certainly, I mean, it wasn't sucking us dry so much in the post-war decades, but, you know, we talked about this a lot, starting with the boomers coming of age and Reagan, you know, shredding the social safety net and, you know, the, the boomers pulling the ladder up behind them. Uh, you know, American business has really just beaten the shit out of American workers. And it's not, capitalism is not working here anymore. Um, now, I am, I'm not, a lot of the attitudes on anti-work are to the left of where I stand personally. Uh, I believe in capitalism, but I'm I'm a Warren Democrat, hardcore, and I think I want heavily reformed capitalism. I want capitalism with a lot of you know social safety nets and a lot of regulation. Do you want you want UBI, Universal Basic Income? Absolutely, hundred okay. percent. I'm I'm for a lot of things, and UBI is one piece of it. Uh, so this attitude pushes us in the right direction, I think, which we got a ways to go. You know, I mean, that's so much of what's going on in this country. I mean, certainly from the right is they're moving the Overton window into a dangerous direction, right? It's okay to talk about kicking out children of immigrants who are natural born citizens. It's okay to be questioning things that used to be gospel. It's okay to be questioning democracy. Uh, well, we need some of that movement in from the left, talk, you know, concerning things that I think are actually good. So if this changes attitudes, you know, I think this is this is very important. Plus, you know, just looking at the subreddit, uh, this is fun. It's fun from a vicarious point of view. You know, reading the 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 cathartic stories of people telling their their bosses, you know, fuck you, you know, you're gonna treat me like shit. I'm out of here. There's a lot of stories like that. Uh, and then I just was reading a thread this morning, like, what's the stupidest thing a boss has ever said to you? And that's kind of fun, you know. Um, you know, it's my version of racism, like like getting to point and laugh and say fuck you to awful people, you know, which I guess is the opposite of racism. I'm basing it on their actions and not their immutable qualities. Um, yeah, what's the dumbest thing a boss has ever said to you was, uh, was the name. Maybe that's not a good thing, but hate feels good when you think your hate is justified. And, you know, I'm sure some of these stories are bullshit, but uh, it feels good anyway. Uh, and this makes me feel better as a boss myself. I run a very small business. I am the boss. I mean, no one works for me full time. Everyone's a contracted worker. And I look at some of the awful things people talk about bosses doing. And I don't know if we made that clear. A lot of the subreddit is people just saying I quit because of this and complaining about my boss. This is the way I've been abused. Fuck this. Uh, you know, there's a really popular thread about uh, I quit my job and now I'm just doing woodworking. And, you know, people don't always go into how they manage to survive, not with real jobs, but... You know, that's kind of not the point. So this, so sorry, I got off track. This makes me feel better about it as a boss because I don't abuse people in this way. And maybe I, I, a couple things I've learned about, all right, I need to 
you know, extend the hand a little on this. I recently asked, you know, someone in my company's leaving and I asked someone to, to help a little with some, a little extra stuff. And I realized, you know what? I need to offer her a little extra money. I mean, it is very temporary. I know a lot of bosses say that. I mean that in this case, but it didn't occur to me to say for this temporary period, I'll pay you a little extra, but I think I need to do that, right? I can't lose her too. Then I'm really fucked. Um, but, but here's my negative thing about this. I don't think people really get at what I think the value here is. I mean, anti-work, get away, live life, put life before your job. Don't center life on jobs, you know, but I think there needs to be practical reform. Again, I'm a Warren Democrat. I believe in regulation and nobody talks about this. It is up to government to fix this problem. People are imperfect. People have malice, greed, and selfishness. It is built into the human condition. You're never going to change that. But government, we formed this government to form, quote, a more perfect union. And I think the job of government is to fix these problems. I don't know who it was. It was a Calvin Coolidge who said, if it's good for General Motors, that's good for America. And that's, in my opinion, one of the most offensive things a president has ever said. That's totally something Calvin Coolidge would say. Right. I mean, you know, most offensive thing a non-Trump president has ever said. Uh, I mean, they were worse. Things. He said the but business of there. America is business, didn't he? Yeah, he, I know he said that. The, the General Motors thing, I'm not sure that was him. It was someone in that era. Anyway, my point is, like, no. I think part of government's, one of government's most important jobs is to regulate business. Capitalism can lift people up. It can also crush people down. It is companies are amoral. Businesses are people. No, no. Businesses are, they're not immoral. They're amoral. It's up to government to guide them so that they are moral and not immoral. And we got to get at these solutions. And if this is changing attitudes, great, but we need a lot more of that. And also, I think a lot of these stories are bullshit. But again, that's not the point. The point is catharsis. Catharsism? Catharsis. Cthulhu? Yeah. Cthulhu. Well, Cthulhuism. So, uh, yeah, I'm all over the place. But yeah, this is, um, I mean, there's a lot of good potential here. I'm not sold on whether it's going to move the needle but you know it's yeah. at least a conversation that's good to have no i mean it's anytime you get to talk about this or look into this this is like uh it is it's a little bit of like wish fulfillment where it's like man i want to see more of this i want people to talk about this this is way overdue i mean everything you said in terms of you know uh people have been drained of blood and their bones were crushed into powder for decades i mean this should have this should have been the 70s and 80s this came about exactly yeah. when people well, but but the 70s you could still fucking what, what you know? A family. The the dad works at a shoe store. The mom stays at home, and you can buy a house and send your kid to a and, halfway decent school. And, and you it know? was it was exactly right. It's like before that went away. That's the moment where people should have grabbed a hold of the rope and, and held yep. it a little more firm before yep. the eighties yep. came around. It's true. We didn't you know, see it coming. Yeah, and it's yeah. weird. So you know, you think about it from our where our position is now, and the fact that pandemic. Everybody wants well, not everybody. When I say everybody, what I'm talking is a corporate world, the multinationals. And the governments of most of these countries on the planet, especially the first world, uh, and to some degree the third world that does the manufacturing uh, of the stuff that we just take for granted, the garbage that we, we, we wear in plastic, the little big mouth Billy Basses that we throw around and order from Amazon, it's like um, they want stuff to go right back to the way it was on February of 2020, you know, like without having the, put the scales over people's eyes and have them just go back to work and not question the, uh, you know, the lash uh, and all the bullshit, the signs that go up, the fact that you can get to pee in bottles when you work for Amazon and all this shit. It's ridiculous. 
you know, and but reading a lot of these stories and a lot of the articles made me think. I was like, well, isn't to some degree it's it one common thread here, which has been true for over a century, is that the enemy in some cases is not necessarily the company alone, but it's the vast majority of people who've come of age in a horrid system and 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 they sympathize with the company or the grinding yeah. wheels. Yeah. Stockholm this, syndrome, man. We got bad Stockholm syndrome this in this is amazing country. is that people in this world, people have been issuing strikes and unions and anything that yeah. might actually be like just recently yeah. you're talking about the what is it in Staten Island, they were trying to unionize the Amazon and it's like that that uh, they turned that down and it's like they were trying to unionize in Buffalo. And, Propaganda works. And it's amazing that you know an enemy of this an enemy of progress is your fellow, your fellow worker, your fellow citizen. Yeah. You know, like you're j- yeah. just trying to get people on board to say, what about something that's good for your own? You know, it's like, well, I don't want to pay union dues, so let's just go back to doing what we've always right done. to work. What? What? What a, what a genius propaganda! Right to it, work. It doesn't mean anything. Love it. it doesn't mean yeah. anything. You know. And look. Yeah. And how about this too? Um, th- this is this is one of those things that's made me ill for like I guess it's been ten years now, over ten years. You know, you can order a cell phone charger before 11 o'clock and it's at your fucking door tomorrow afternoon, right? As if somehow that's like a universal right or some privilege of living in the Western world. That it's like, I need to have this fucking thing in six hours. It didn't used to be that way. And nobody had an expectation that it had to. We've just gotten used to the fact that if you just treat all these people as little bits of asphalt to drive trucks on top of, that you can all of a sudden make a supply chain that's just like bullshit that you barely need could just get to you almost out of thin air. And not nobody ever be, really put some thought into saying, well, what is the cost of getting me this fucking thing, what? this, this gigaw, this widget? What's the cost of a fucking hamburger for 99 cents at McDonald's? Like... Meat should not be as cheap as it is. No, like, it shouldn't. This is part of the problem. Meat should not be this inexpensive. It's but ridiculous. Jobs, even recently, you know, even, look, people were ground to dust and their, their blood was drained and sold to whomever, their, their stem cells and their fucking bone marrow. But that was even before the fact that Amazon invented this whole thing, this, this workforce that's just there to get you a cell phone charger in six hours. You know, whatever it takes. No pee breaks. Working fucking, you know, crammed quarters with people coughing on each other in the middle of a pandemic. Like, and that was all it judged as being essential work. That's crazy. You know, you, you, but, 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 but fucking if you're going to use Amazon as an example, they could do that. They could get you the cell phone charger in six hours and treat the people decently and pay them well. If Bezos, you know, cut out, you lived with only one billion dollars, you or, know, yeah, just like this one is, ro- this one is rocket billionaire shit. Green. one exploding rocket one shit. rocket shit, right? Like this, it actually is possible if, if you if you eliminate extreme greed of the 0.01 percent. But it's built into the human system. Greed is a natural human desire. And this is why collective action in some form, whether it's unions, whether it's governments, is necessary. We're not going to solve the climate crisis by fucking turning off the light when we leave the room. We need massive, massive collective action. It's how we defeated the Nazis. We didn't defeat the Nazis by people individually going over there and exercising their freedom, like for fuck's sake. It doesn't work that way. The biggest mistake I see is companies assuming millennials want perks like nap pods, snack rooms, free avocado toast, or whatever else. Those things might seem cool on a company website, but they will never make up for a thrivable wage, good benefits, vacation time, and the ability to learn and grow with a company. So, Bill, we've already said some of this. I got a lot to say here, but but why do you think... Now, the anti-work movement, you know, you said it, February 2020, people were a little more 
you know, beholden to the big business way of thinking. But, you know, obviously it's gained steam. Obviously it's the pandemic. But, but you know, get into more detail here. Why is this popular now? Why is this movement picking up some traction? Well, look, you, you get the chance to ditch a shitty— Picking un- up—sorry. Picking up traction is a terrible mixed metaphor. I'm sorry. I, I get you. Apologize. Look, that train has sailed, okay? Yes. Look, it's I'm kindling a flood of confusion in our listeners. You you have the chance to ditch a shitty underpaying job and stick it. You know, you get to stick it to an exploitative company or business in the short term. Uh, in the long term, you know, you might actually be at the, you know, this this is the social thing. You might actually be at the vanguard of a wave of labor reform, depending on whether or not. God fucking willing. Yeah, but depending on whether or not Republicans can crush this like they've crushed so many other things that benefit humanity and retain or not retain, but reestablish a punitive status quo. And I mean, to a degree, it's more complicated than that, but it could almost just be that simple. Um, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) sure. I mean, you know, like some people have. That's the thing. I think anti-work is there. To do two different things, it's it's to it's to tie two loose ends together, right? Because people have this frustration, but they don't necessarily they're not aware that other people by droves are, are doing this in droves around the country and maybe around the world at some point. So once you're emboldened to say, man, you know, I really wanted to just like flame out in the middle of this factory floor or in the middle of my, you know, what, what like I don't, I can, you can't spend, you know, like somebody did not show up on Thanksgiving. This hypothetical situation. So you've got to come in and it's like, no, I, I'm, I've had, I, I'm making a turkey with my family. It's like, well, you have to come in because that's, you're it. And it's like, well, fuck this, I quit, you know. And it's like, well, that was in a vacuum until all of a sudden there are all these places to compare notes, um, you know. And r slash anti work is a place where all of a sudden you're galvanized by millions mm-hmm. of people and a million upvotes and a million posts and a million user moderated things. You know, and then beyond that, one of the things I've seen from anti-work is the actual rhetoric, the verbalization. People have made it so concise that they've been printing out on receipt paper in the various commercial jobs yeah, at, at the you know, like forward-facing, customer-facing jobs. They're actually printing out the verbiage of anti-work, the sort of tenets of it, if, if there is such a thing. And if you help people put this stuff into, you know, you concretize their thoughts you let them know it's like you're not alone and you're justified and also, you know, like mm. chances are there's somebody not that far away from you who's thinking the same thing. And you could have some power with two people, three people, ten people, fifty yeah. people by linking your arms. Yeah. It's like that's exactly popular, but it's also, you know, it's like a form of being righteous to use a term like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's it's there's a million reasons why this is catching on. Um, I'm not going to say the American dream is dead because – I live a version of it. My my family, my lineage, you know, my great grandparents came here with bullshit, nothing, clothes on their back, and now I, you know, make a good living asking trivia questions. So that's the fucking American dream right there. But I will say the American dream is on life support. And the pandemic has really laid that bare. I mean, what are the reasons that if we go back to the eighties? The cost of living is going up, but wages have stagnated. Unions have been crushed. Student debt is out of control. Uh, technology has made this idea, work has encroached upon us. This idea that people need to be available twenty four seven. I know a guy. I mean, he is Jewish, but he he. I don't know if he lies to work or exaggerates his office. He's a high high power job, but he says he's Shomer Shabbos. You know, he won't work on the Sabbath just so that people don't call him on Saturdays. You know, I, yeah. Hey, work. How could I convert? Right. You know. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, plus, you know, fuck businesses. I, I, we've learned that they're, they fucked over the environment. We, all, we might all die because of their rapaciousness, right? So I, I think it's clear that the system is not working and capitalism has crushed us to dust. And in my opinion, government has not compensated for it. I mean, you know, I, I, I give a mild thumbs up to the Biden administration so far. I think they've tried, you know, the best they can. And, you know, I think there's there's some I mean, can you imagine if it were still Trump, how much worse things would be? Yeah, but you get no gov- government no. for, for 40 years has no been a, be a collaborator. Yeah, I know that's true, yeah. but it's been a collaborator. Yeah. You know, you go um, back. You go back to Bill Clinton and slashing welfare and work. What is, yeah, well, what, yeah. but he, he was trying to do the third way thing, and again, he, he was better than a second Bush term, but you know, far from perfect. Um, you know, this economy, and, and another thing, I think the pandemic really um, keyed in on was, um, you know, a lot. Of, there was a stat I kept reading: uh, a record three percent of the workforce. 3% of the American workforce quit their job in September. This is sort of the great resignation we're talking about. Uh, resignation rates in the U.S. during, I'm quoting here, during the COVID pandemic initially followed this pattern. The pattern I'm talking about is, is when the economy sucks, people get laid off. So unemployment went up. March and April, record 13. Uh, sorry, uh, March was 13 million people. and April, 9.3 million people were laid off. So much of the layoffs and resignations are driven by women who disproportionately work in industries that were affected most by the lockdowns like service industry and child care. And, you know, that dovetails with things like Me Too the last few years where women have been emboldened to speak out more. So I think this is a, the, the, the Slate article. There's a great Slate article by a good writer named uh, Ishmael N. Daro that really got at what uh, anti-work is about and what the subreddit is about. And they quote the woman, I'm sorry, Dora something, I think, I might be wrong, who founded the the subreddit. So I think, you know, women have been emboldened to speak out. Good. Um, and, you know, this is in many ways a women's issue. It falls more on women. It's clear to women how this is falls on their shoulders and it's more crisis for them. So, um, and then I think the mere fact that we're living through unprecedented times and there are health concerns, you know, forces people to rethink, what do I want out of life? You know, I mean, Work just kind of isn't worth it for some people. Um, and people are really looking at new arrangements. You know, if I can piece to piece together things from the gig economy or for the privileged few, you know, I mean, there are people who are privileged who, like, don't really need to work. They only work because they think they should, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of those people are going, fuck this. Like, work is pissing me off. We might all be dead in 50 years. So why am I earning more money? Why don't I just live more frugally or maybe not live frugally if I'm that privileged and just fucking not worry about like punching a clock and and, and grinding an axe every day, every minute, torturing myself. I just cannot get my head around this whole trading time for money thing. I mean, guys, you're not supposed to be doing this. Do you not realize? No, would you have liked anti-work if you were a kid? And by kid, I mean probably someone on the cusp of the workforce in some Yeah. Way. Well, I, I'm, I'm almost anti-anti-work in that I can't – I have like the most Calvinist attitude. I can't stop working. I'm a, to quote Rodney Dangerfield, I'm a workaholic. You mentioned work. I get drunk, uh, which isn't true. <laughs> Sorry. I think of that every time I hear workaholic. It's pretty good though. Uh, he said that about his father. Yeah. He was a workaholic. Um, I can't stop working. It's not good. 
And I kind of imagine if this attitude had been out there or more boldly stated when I was young and sort of developing my attitudes about work, although this goes back to school. It wasn't when I started working in the workforce. Uh, maybe maybe I would have developed differently, so I'd be more into this attitude. Um, but it's but this work thing is so much at the foundation of who I am that it's hard to imagine it. On the other hand, as a teenager, I was definitely more strident in my leftiness. Yep. Like, you know, the election last year, I was for Warren, but if I had been 16, I probably would have been for Bernie. Uh, so, you know, I, I could see me glomming onto this, waving the flag for this just because I, I thought it was the thing to do. So yeah, I might be more into it a little, but it's just it's just hard to see through those eyes. No, it's interesting. You know, I I do think that the um, almost like the essence of this is being a kid and entering the labor market. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, so much of what I've seen is younger people. Granted, they, you know, you'll get anecdotes from people in their fifties who just decided to disengage and you know whether they're going to do whittling somewhere and live in a trailer or a tiny house. But I mean, the the vast majority of this are people who feel emboldened by being young and, and being in touch with people on, on Reddit. You know, I mean, it's like 37 year olds asking 24 year olds what they're doing and how this works. You know, and that that is the Reddit thing, certainly among other things. So, but you know, my, my first job was customer facing. I worked from '93 to '96 at a, a convenience store on Long Island, and. Yep. Uh, with, with a guy who didn't like Chinese music, right? Everything was Chinese music. Rock it's and roll, regular rock and roll, yeah. FM rock and roll was considered Chinese music to this very old That's man. That's what he called it. Yeah, that was yeah. a different, different world. Um, Customer-facing work, service industry was not for me. And of course, uh, where I grew up on Long Island, there is no fa- there's no fabrication, there's no manufacture. It's all service work. That's all there is in many, many places in America, especially a bed- bedroom community like all of Long Island. Uh, granted, you could go like out of a Billy Joel song and fish somewhere. Uh, that's not really going to get you anywhere. Uh, on the Downeaster Alexa, it's it's you know dry cleaner uh, working at a restaurant. That was it was service industry. That's all Long Island was. Um, I don't think that's for anybody anymore. I mean, I'll go back to the notes up top about how customer facing work right now is is quite literally hazardous to your health. Um, people have lost the thread on being social to each other. Uh, there is this. This, this uh, performative um, rage people get where they just feel like they are entitled to rip down people around them. Uh, even fuck that. Th- even threaten human beings and yeah. treat, treat people the way you would never treat anybody simply because yeah. that is a representative of something in front of you. you got to deal with a clerk yeah. at a counter to register yeah. or, or, you know, yeah. <clears throat> that kind of thing. It's, the it's, customer is always right is a myth. And by the way, you know that that, st- that, that idiom was originally the customer is always right in matters of taste. It does not mean you always kiss the customer's ass. It means what the customer wants in terms of taste is what should be delivered by a business. Yeah, not, does the, not, not mean the manner in which it's delivered. Exactly. Attitude. The customer's always right in terms of attitude. Nope. So, I mean, I think that the you need the brio and exuberance of younger people uh, who, who don't see the sense of what their parents did for so long uh, for a living. Honestly, the way they did it, what they got uh i mean at this point it now, doesn't apply to young people because no. they get th- those opportunities aren't there but it's like you're talking about there's a difference even between our generation's parents and their parents it's like their parents don't have a whole lot you I mean the z the, the z kids their generation's parents are not going to have as maybe they're our age or something like that but very few people who are our age have houses and, you know, like what, what kind of real estate holdings does anybody we know have? You're still talking about it. it are, it, when they're in your 40s, in many cases, you're still hand to mouth. Mm-hmm. But it's like the idea of, of buying a line of bullshit where, well, this is just the way this tradition works. 
again, the idea of being a kid gives you this freedom to to consider smashing the gears to what is it to grab the, the mm-hmm. means of production in some ways without being right. too communist about it. You know? Because you have you have decades to recover from it. You know, you don't. You don't have to retire soon. Your your and you you know, your health costs aren't as high. And you want to like slam that, the yeah. you want to slam the brakes and reverse uh, decades of damage. You know that's like your parents yeah. ate shit for a while. Your uncles ate shit. Whoever and it's like, well, what if we just stop the cycle now? I was like, maybe that maybe that's what's at stake here. I don't know. But the wild thing is that even though we have seen this story play out over and over again in human history, the ruling class has gotten so good at disseminating their propaganda that we actually have people out here that are like. No, those those big business executives and billionaires, they're the good guys. They're the ones uh, out there creating jobs and opportunities for the rest of us. Is uh, the rise of anti-work in any way a sign of the apocalypse? Hey, man, to quote you, dark side. You want to know what I, <laughs> to quote it, what I actually, the thing I'm most afraid of, um, I think I'm completely justified in this, is that this being turned into a cudgel uh, by supply-siders, yeah. um, and they already—they're going to say everyone's lazy. They don't want to work. And they're doing it—they're doing it already, you know. Yeah. And it's like that is yeah. the messaging that gets them. It's like they could be punitive. They could be—you're talking about the supply siders are ready and willing and have. And this has been standard operating procedure. They want to ruin people. They want to do further demean the workforce as punishment for disobedience, as well as a chance to run up the score in favor of multinationals and billionaires. You know, here's the thing. Ultimately, what it comes down to is that. In our society, this is again a, a Reagan onward type uh, thing. This is an ethos. They don't want to share. Sharing is akin to death or Satan worship. And in some places, it actually is literally. Yes. A, Kids in nursery school are Satan worshipers. Yes. You know, I remember I was I was on I was driving uh, from New York to Carolina, and I happened to be dialing through uh, what is it AM radio stations or so, just trying to get some. I was like on the Beltway outside of DC to Virginia, and I happened to listen to three minutes of Oliver North's show. This is like probably 1998. Oh, come on, Oliver man. Oliver North was talking about he was he was decrying a story here about a preschool where a, a child was expected to share his pencil. It's like, that's the value we're teaching our children, that you have to take care of bringing pencils for another kid. And he was actually complaining that children in preschools were being asked to share. That is the what kind. That this is this is what you're. He must have had the. I still like. He must have the smallest penis on earth. I mean, the, what is wrong with these people? This, this, like this whole thing is not a sign of the apocalypse. What I'm afraid of is that it it's going to bring punishment. Backlash. Yeah, backlash yeah. and yeah. and and yeah. this idea that yeah, it's going to come yeah. back at them. Yeah. Uh, I worry about that a little. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I think a lot of people, and, and you don't have to be a right winger to, well, let me let me get back at the backlash for a minute, back to the backlash in a minute. But my first thought about the apocalypse is, no, it's not a sign of the apocalypse. But I think, and you don't have to be a right winger to worry about this. Oh, what would happen if everyone stopped working? And look, if, if we're going to believe anything about basic economics, you know, if no one worked, wages would go up. Businesses would entice people back, and the actual people who refuse to work would be a vanishingly small number. You know, they'd be, you know, they'd be a tiny, you know, the the bums or whatever. Um, but part of the reason I worry about the backlash, and it's similar to why I hate hate the phrase "defund the police," because I think there's a lot of real good ideas behind that, and I think that wording was a terrible choice because it makes it sound scary in a way that it doesn't have to be. I mean, I actually think if, if the ideas behind Defund the Police happened, it would, it would help the police, but whatever. 
And I think the rhetoric, I think the phrase anti-work might be misleading in a negative way and might invite backlash in ways it doesn't have to. Um, I don't think the ideas behind this are really anti-work. I give the example I mentioned before, one of the very popular threads on the subreddit is about a guy who had this job, he hated it, and he quit, and now he's doing woodworking, and he's showing off his stuff. Woodworking. Literally, the word work is in there, yes. right? Yeah. So I don't think a lot of these people, they're not lazy. I mean, I think laziness they, they is want to change what they do. What it is. They want to work at something else. I mean, I think a lot of people who hate their jobs and find their jobs soul-crushing, what's something terrible your boss said? They'd be perfectly fine with their job if their boss treated them nice, if their boss realized that it's just a job and that their families and their health and maybe their school has to take priority. Yeah, a lot of jobs are boring, but they, you know, I'm sure they'd be perfectly tolerable or even pleasant if, you know, you like the people you work with, you were paid a fair wage. You're you treated know. like a human being with needs right? and expenses. Like, I worked at a fucking record store, and it was a bit of a slog, but everyone there was fun. We were having a good time, you know, so why not? I mean, it was a temporary job, but um, I think there'd be less laziness if people could put their work towards something that was fulfilling to them, something that doesn't crush them. And it reminds me of something I say a lot, I probably said on this show. I think 95% of the world's problems— can boil down to one thing, people being bad at their jobs. And I think probably 95% of people being bad at their jobs can be boiled down to people being lazy. And I think 95% of laziness is probably just, you know, people not being motivated in a proper way. So do whatever math that is. And I think this ill treatment of the workforce is leading to a vast majority of what ails the human. But race. I, I want to hear what you have to say about the backlash, though, because I think that uh, you know that's one of the forefronts. Well, no, I agree with you. I mean, I worry about that because, especially in the United States, the right wing is much more adept at propaganda than the left wing is, which is bullshit. Which is terrible because the left wing's ideas are ten thousand times more popular among the among the masses. Um, but yeah, I think anti-work is the wrong phrase because it's going to invite that. Oh, look at these entitled, lazy fucks. They're going to find the one example of the rich kid who quit their job to travel the world and go snowboarding. And they're going to say these are all entitled little brats and baby boomers worked harder than everyone else, you know. We, we hit the streets and knocked on doors and asked if they were hiring and wouldn't take no for an answer, you know. I mean, it, it, this bullshit, people are still going to believe it, right? Like I mentioned before, right to work. Uh, yeah, I, I worry about that too. But it's like I said before, I think I think a lot of good things can happen with civilization. We just need to outlast the bad things. Once you realize what's going on, actually, it's so hard to like want to be a part of this. All right, now uh, let's go into our final uh, mm -hmm. bracket here. Tell me about yeah. jealousy. Uh, is there anything about yeah. this uh, great resignation, anything about anti-work that sort of fills you with a little yes. bit of envy as to what's happening? Absolutely. I wish I could stop working. I wish I could somehow not shed that, okay, my workaholism, my not Calvinism. Not that you have to work, but that you are compelled by your own personal nature to have yes, to work. I can't not work. I have this constant thing of, I work almost every day, right? I, I did no work on Thanksgiving, and that was amazing, right? I mean, look, I work for myself, so I work at my own schedule, so work's a lot easier for me than most people, Right. And I'm very privileged so that, you know, worst comes to worst, I have a financial cushion, right? 
So, you know, working for me isn't as dire a prospect as it is for far too many people. I don't have a boss. Well, I do have a boss treating me like shit, but that boss is myself. So I wish. <laughs> Treats me like shit, too. Right. I wish I could ease up on myself. I guess. Yeah. So I'm jealous of these people who can let go, you know, and just fucking build a cabinet. Like I'm, I'm, I was actually thinking about this the other day. Like I need more hobbies and I want to get back into jigsaw puzzles because it's just a way for your mind to turn off. You know, I, I always said you should, you should get back into scrimshaw too, because when we were younger, you were one of the best. I was Mr. Scrimshaw. Yeah. Well, when we were, um, when we were commercial fishing off the port of, um, you know, uh, uh, new London, Connecticut, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, we caught a lot of, uh, we caught a lot of narwhals and. And we would while away the hours while we were out at sea for six or seven months. Hauling, hauling in and minky whales, yeah. Yeah, carving in minky whales and singing sea shanties. Uh, a lot of yeah, people, lot of people don't know that. that we invented some of the yeah, first shanties, too. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we were we were the shanty masters. Shanty yeah. masters. But that's the technical yeah. term on a boat. There's a bosun, there's a yeah. coxswain, and there's yeah. also the shanty master, which is well, what we were. Right. Well, we were we were the co-lead singers of the shanty masters, which was the hottest sea shanty band of the in, 1960s. In Liverpool. <laughs> In Liverpool, we had we had a bunch of well for a while. It was like who's going to get big, the Beatles or the Shanty Masters, right? And it was like fifty fifty, and they just edged us out. Yeah, I don't think know. Skiffle's not going to last. We should really put no, all our money in not, the yeah, it's, it's, not yeah. going to work. People are people are not into into guitar bands. Yeah. Well, you know, I uh, I got my own chance to drop out of the bullshit workforce uh, in twenty ten yes, or so. When me and my wife got lucky, and we inherited a whole shitload of money, and so you know we we were able to be self sufficient. Um, so I mean I, uh, I I don't I don't get to feel jealous is my my point I mean I did the I did the thing that everybody would want to do which is essentially pick the, pick the job or pick the profession the avocation you want uh, but I didn't have to make a hard decision you know and granted it was underwritten by a magic wand you know something that's completely mm-hmm. unreal uh, which you know it's incredibly lucky and so you talk about people who are making people who are not lucky making this decision. Um, you know, it's, it's boldness in their case. And, and in some ways, it's like they're on the bulwark of this of this real movement. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think I get to feel jealous, you know, when I have so much. But, you know, maybe this the thing that, you know, it's easy to envy is the sense of discovery or rewriting the rules. Um, you know, you think in the way that Occupy felt like, holy shit, are we really on the cusp of something? And then it turns out, no, once Bloomberg brought in the hoses. Uh, but, you know? but it started a conversation. I think it if did. someday someone writes a book about this movement wherever it goes, I think the first chapter will be occupied. I think that a lot of these same things were being whispered it, down. It opened, it opened the door a little, yeah. All right, so Noah, let's uh, go back to the Felonian scale here, our XYZ yes. axis of everything that's um, important. Oh, this, this to me, I think is good. This strikes me as being difficult to kind of rank or categorize because mm. we don't really have anything like this. Well, no, I don't. I don't agree. But go ahead. Okay, no, I'm just. I was asking, where would you rank this in terms of our topics? Uh, you know, easily. All right, so let's compare it to social movements that we talked about, which isn't a lot. And I think of a big social movement that is still very relevant, more relevant now than we talked about, which is vaccine hesitancy. Right? We we thought this was a quirky thing, and now this is, I think, an existential problem for the human race. So that is way below the x-axis, right? I don't know what I said at the time about where it is, but whatever I said then, it's it's much worse than what I said then. I think we're realizing it was yeah, it was given life, you know. Right. So so multiply that by negative one. That's above the x-axis. Okay, right? following you. But yeah. but I think vaccine hesitancy is so bad, and I don't think this is quite as good as that. I mean, maybe in 
God willing, in 50 years, we live in a, a near utopia, and this is where it started, maybe. <laughs> I'm, I'm not optimistic enough to say that. So take vaccine hesitancy, multiply it by negative one, and then multiply it by two-thirds. 0.666666. Yeah, or maybe yeah. half. Yeah. Maybe half. Yeah. Right? Half of the inverse of vaccine has vaccine. You know what? I, 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 knew, I, I knew that's what you were going to say. Velveeta hesitancy. Yeah, I'd say almost like I feel like that's exactly what you would say. Uh, well, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Well. So, and I am I do have difficulty with this because I, you know, this is almost as important as anything we've ever talked about on on the show. It's not, you know, this. It's not just societal. No, it is societal more than a superficial trend. Um, I mean, we, we, you know, vaccine hesitancy was a medical trend, and it was all these things, but. You know, that this could wind up being more uh, virtuous, certainly. As bad as that was, you're right, this could be the inverse of that to some degree. You know, um, people are seeing with clear eyes, you know, how their, their lives could be better. And here's the kicker, right? They are seeing the benefit for millions of others of people in their ranks, not only for themselves. Going back to the sharing component and how sharing is considered the anathema to human life by supply siders. So, you know, in, in Fuck, so, like sharing is anathema. What is wrong with you? So, Jesus. So, all What's right. What's next? You hate you hate ice cream and flowers and puppy dogs in, and rainbows? Like, in, in short, Noah, I'm not even sure we've. Sorry, we've, I'm just I'm so pissed off at people like all I'm, the time. This I'm not crazy. even sure we've had something on this show which could be an analog for this. Maybe, maybe with the exception of Wild Kratz. <laughs> It's a social movement, wildcrats. We're we're living in a wild cratocracy. All right, Bill, take it home. That's it. Hopefully, this is a topic that we will think about again. Right? So many of our topics we never talk about again. We forget about um, until someone says you should do an episode on wildcrats. But this is a topic that hopefully we we, we will remain on our minds. Yeah, like I, I, song. I certainly hope so. Yeah. But. Guys, if you want to listen to past episodes of all the other topics that we never talked about again, the, the one-offs, the, the popcorn, the packing peanuts, whatever this this folder roll that we do, you want to look on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us, at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill Don't Get It, at gmail.com. Go on the aggregators and give us a review because that's how people find podcasts. I am on Twitter personally. My name is Bill Scurry, and I'm on Twitter, at William Scurry. Uh, that's where you'll see me making goof-offs and doing whatnot. And my my video content is on YouTube at youtube.com slash amcseason. Right, and here's Noah. Yes, Noah, I want to reiterate what you said, Bill. Please review us. That's how people find us, and that's how we develop the strength to get out of bed in the morning to know that. Approbation, like yes. Uh, yes, please review us. That's what it's all about, friends, is, is, is feeding and soothing our egos. That's That's the American way. Uh, yeah, or check out bigquizthing.com and learn about the big quiz thing, uh, America's premier providers of high-end corporate and private trivia events. We're still booking for the holiday season. Uh, some dates are still available. The ultimate holiday party, whether in person or virtual, safely in person, and uh, fun virtual, actually fun virtual events, believe it or not. And uh, we are booking for 2022. We have Veer in the Bay Area. We do have a public event coming up uh, January 12th. I am going to be hosting a music quiz at Manny's in the Mission. Uh, details about that are happening soon. Tickets on sale soon. Actually, it's free, so no tickets. Uh, and then we have a science fiction quiz coming up on December 9th, virtual, uh, in league with the Other Worlds Film Festival. Uh, and other fun stuff you can learn about at BigQuizThing.com or follow us on social media. 
All right, everybody. Until our next wonderfully social relevant episode, we, we don't, don't get, get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2021.